Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Today I want to talk to you about covenant and loyalty. Talking about relational intelligence, I want to talk to you about covenant and loyalty. And church, here's what I want you to understand that you know that we cannot even worship God properly unless we are loyal. Because the idea of worshiping the Lord is is saying that we worship you exclusively. We're not worshiping you and then going and worship someone else. We're not coming to your house and then going to another temple or another house. What we are saying is our allegiance belongs only to you. And this is where the children of Israel, if you read your Bible, they they would get into all kinds of trouble because this is what they would do. They would flirt with other gods. They they would have spiritual affairs on the Lord. And, And the Lord, the Bible says of God that he's a jealous God. And they would provoke him to jealousy by flirting and and then sleeping around and and at one time he would even he would even say to them you're acting like the harlot having these spiritual affairs and you're you're fooling around with with spiritual entities and and so my friends even when we are worshiping God what we are saying is we're we're giving you our allegiance we are giving you our our loyalty we're giving you a a covenant relationship because my friends here's what the truth is we serve a covenant making covenant keeping God come on somebody help me preach today help me preach God is so serious about relationships that he writes contracts. That's what a covenant is. A covenant is I am writing a contract with you. Now, other than, other than the fact that some of you may be married and you, you signed on the dotted line, you signed a contract, all our other relationships aren't like that. You don't go to somebody and go, oh, you want to be my friend? Sign this. Here's, here's, all the, here's all our agreements. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. No, you don't do that. Because relationships are ebbs and flows, but not God. God says, oh, you want to be in relationship with me? Let me present you with a contract. I'm a promise-keeping God. I'm a a covenant-keeping God. He, He did it with Abraham. He did it with Jacob. He did it with Israel. He did it with his own son. He did it with the early church and with the body of Christ. And you and I are under covenant. You and I are under contract. See, this is, why, this is why we don't understand the depthness of the love of God and our relationship that, that when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, you have literally entered a contract. Now, the beauty of the Lord is that the Bible says he's not a man or a woman that he should lie. In other words, what God is saying is people lie, I don't lie. I am a truth teller. I will always tell you the truth. The, the promises that I make, I never break. Wouldn't it be nice if the political system worked like that? They're covenant breakers. As a matter of fact, you get brownie points for who can lie better. God says, I don't lie. And even when Israel failed, even when when, when the children of Israel failed to come into the promised land because of disobedience and and because they wouldn't operate in faith, God says, I'm not going to break my promises. I'm just going to wait for you to die. And then I'm going to fulfill my promises to your children. But my word will come to pass. 
and all his word will come to pass. And so, my friends, I'm getting to the word of God in just a moment here, but here's what I want to lay a foundation, because out of this idea of contract, out of this idea of covenant, comes this concept of loyalty. We don't hear a lot about that today. See, we hear a lot about faithfulness, because the, the truth is this, a lot of God's people are faithful, but they're not loyal. Let me say that again. A lot of God's people are faithful, but they're not necessarily loyal. You say, Pastor, isn't that the same thing? Actually, it's not, because you can be very faithful and be disloyal in your heart. You can do all the right things and, and fill all the right activities and check all the right boxes and, and show up on time and do ministry and, and play the religious card, but in your heart, you're disloyal. God says, I'm looking for loyal people because I'm a loyal God. You know, when, when, we, when we get into warfare, when we get into a fight, when the enemy comes against us, we expect God to be loyal to us. We're like, God, we need you on our side and, and we need you to fight for us. And here's, here's the beauty of God. The Lord is fiercely loyal. That's why he said, I'll never abandon you. I'll never forsake you. Even when you, when you look at the New Testament and the disciples, when the, the Pharisees and the other religious people would, would jump down the throat of the disciples, Jesus would jump in and say, hey, you don't talk to them. You talk to me. But then when they were in private quarters, the Lord would say, like, what were you thinking? The foolish generation, I mean, he would just berate them sometimes, but he would not allow those that were of the religious inclination to berate his disciples because he said, that's my relationship. That's my responsibility. Can I suggest to you that the disciples were very faithful other than Judas during the entire ministry, but when it came to the day of crucifixion, they were very disloyal. They all scattered. They all ran. Now, here's the truth. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> because most people, well, let me ask you a question. How loyal are you? You know, one to ten? You know, I love that one to ten. How loyal are you? Are you a covenant-keeping person? Or do you like to fall on the, well, you know what? I'm, I'm faithful. I love God. I love to do things. Yeah, but are you loyal? Because here's, here's the truth about what I was going to say is, most people will over-assess their relationships. Right? They'll go, oh, I have amazing relationships. Oh, my, my relationships are great. They're wonderful. You're going you're gonna to overemphasize them. Over, you're going you know, you're, you're to make them over positive. And, and of course, you're always the bright, shining star of the relationship, right? You're like, if it wasn't for me, right? And then when there's a problem, when there's a problem, it's always the other person. If they hadn't have done, Pastor, if they, if they didn't say, if they... So we're, we're, always the, we're always the bright shining star in relationships, but in reality, that's probably not the truth. And so the Lord has been speaking to us about how do we develop these kingdom relationships and seeing that it's Mother's Day, I want you to turn in your Bibles to an incredible woman, uh, a woman named Ruth. Anybody ever hear of a woman named Ruth in the Bible? It is a phenomenal book. And this woman, Ruth, let me just give you the background. We'll read it together. Ruth is the daughter-in-law of a lady named Naomi. Naomi is a, an Israelite who was married. There was a famine in the land, and they moved to a land called Moab. Moab is, is not a, a good place to be. As a matter of fact, you are, you are still experiencing, believe it or not, you are still experiencing the doctrine and the philosophy of the Moabites even to this day. Study your Bible. It's in the news every day. And so they go to this land of Moab, and Naomi is married. She has two sons. When, 
when they're there, the sons marry these two daughters, or these two women, Orpha and Naomi, uh, sorry, Orpha and Ruth. And then tragedy begins to strike. Naomi's husband dies. Then her sons die. And now she's left in Moab with these two daughters-in-law and really in a state of despair and bitterness. She really, in a moment, you'll see that she really believes that God himself has turned on her. And so they basically come to this place. They hear that there is bread in Israel. God has provided bread for the children of Israel. And so Naomi is going to go back. She's going to go back without a husband, without sons, and now even without daughter-in-laws because she's breaking covenant with them and she's releasing them and she's basically saying to them, go, go back. Go back to your people, go back to your gods, go back to what you know. I'm going back to Israel. You don't need to come with me. I don't have any sons. I have nothing to give you. I need you to go. And I want you to open your Bibles and, and stand with me. We're going to read from verse 8. Out of the New King James Version. Everybody with me so far? I know we've got a lot of plans today. I'm not going to hold you long. But I want to share these thoughts with you. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord dealt kindly, the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. And so she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and they wept. Clearly, this is a good relationship between mother-in-law and daughter-in-laws. They're, they're weeping, they're grieving. They, they recognize the separation has come. And they said to her, surely we'll return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, and go. For I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them until they're grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. You get, you get, you get her state of mind of where she's at because grief will, will do this to you. And she said... And so they lifted up their voice and they wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Everybody say clung. This is loyalty. What you're about to see here is more than just a surface relationship that is based on fronts and facades. This is loyalty. And she said, so Naomi says, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you. In other words, stop putting pressure on me. Stop, stop telling me to leave. Stop telling me to go or to turn back from following after you. Now watch what she says. For wherever you go, I will go. That sounds nice. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Okay. And your people will be my people because they're living in Moab. And now this Moabite says, now I'm going to have to become an Israeli. I got to go to Israel. Now watch what she says. And your God shall be my God. You see how the promises are ratcheting up. I mean, it's getting more serious and more serious and more serious. And then Ruth almost says like, and if you don't think I'm serious, she says, where you die, I will die. It doesn't get deeper than that. 
She's saying, I'm going to be with you till death. Uh, today, we would read that like this. Uh, where you die, I'm going to leave as soon as it gets really hard. Uh, as soon as things don't go in my favor, I'm probably out of here. You know, I'm with you as long as you look good. You're famous on Facebook and Instagram. And, but as soon as your likes drop, I'm out of here. Let's be honest. We, we live in the generation of the shallow. Come on, I'm, I'm going to preach the truth today. Come on, tell me. Preach the truth, preacher. Come on. He says, where, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. And the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Now she says, listen, if I'm not telling you the truth, may God himself judge me. Like, unless you're serious, you're not going to say these things. And when she saw that was, she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. And then they go back to Israel. Father, I thank you for your word. We receive it with meekness and joy of heart. Bless these that are here today and those watching online in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Corey, will you stay with me? My brother, are you okay to stay with me? Uh, I want you to understand something about, and, and, and please let me hear you. Can you play for me? Can you play my brother? I'm not going to be very long, Corey. And listen, listen. People are like, that means nothing, Pastor. And they, listen, I'm not Pastor Moses, all right? <laughs> My God. Pastor Mo, I'm telling you, he's never going to get a pilot's license because he just won't land that plane, right? And, oh, bless Jesus. Listen, last, last week was your week. You got five years? Yeah. We can make fun of you this week. All right, so what now? watch this. Watch this, church. This, this lady, Ruth, becomes the great-grandmother of King David. Because of her loyalty, because of these amazing promises that she made to her mother-in-law, she made them at a time, watch this, where she had no idea what the future would be. Naomi is not going back as some sort of a, 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 a welcomed, famous individual with all kinds of money and influence. She, she left with a husband and two sons, which are big in that day, and now she's coming back with nothing. And by her own admission, Pastor Moses, she says, the hand of the Lord has been against me. The Lord has been bitter against me. I'm coming back with nothing. I, I'm coming back with a failure. Now, Naomi is returning as, 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 as defeated and deflated as possible. And think about what Ruth would be to that. If you're deflated and I'm coming with you and I'm your daughter-in-law, there's, there's no future here. There's no destiny here. But, but eventually, because of this loyalty, she meets a man named Boaz. He becomes a, her kingsman, redeemer, which is a whole other, a whole other concept I can't unopen uh, for you today. But my friends, watch this. She was such an incredible woman and leader that not only did she find the favor of God, she had likability. Treated herself in such a way, conducted herself in such a way, carried her in such a way that, that Boaz becomes her her, her, her kinsman redeemer and her whole life changes and, and turns around. And then not only does she become the great grandmother of David, but she literally, God sows her into the lineage of the Messiah. It is, it is through this woman, it is through this lineage that Messiah comes, that the same Jesus that healed the woman with the issue of blood. It's like, this is, this is part of his heritage. This is, this is part of his family tree, a Moabite because of loyalty. 
But friends, I want you to know that God is a God of covenant, that God is a God of loyalty. And so what does it say about your relationships and my relationships that, that we ought to be covenant-keeping people, that we ought to be people of, of loyalty, that no matter what happens, that we don't become fair-weathered people, that, but that we don't just take off on people or they take off on us because things go in a different direction. This is a deeper relationship than we've been talking about. As a matter of fact, can I say it this way? When you start talking about covenant and loyalty, what, what happens is your, your circle, your pool of people actually gets smaller. You're not going to be in covenant with everybody. You're, you're not going to be, quote unquote, loyal to everybody, although that ought to be one of your characteristics. The, the fact of the matter is, it'll be a smaller group of people that you will have the opportunity to demonstrate that you are a covenant-keeping person and that you are a loyal individual. Three things I want you to know. Three things. Three things I want you to know. Number one, I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is governed by a culture of loyalty. The kingdom of God is governed by a culture of loyalty. Number two, loyalty must be tested and proven. You will never know, listen, you will never know what kind of relationship you have, whether it's marital, whether it's even family, whatever it may be. You will never know what kind of relationship you have until it is tested. When relationships are tested, you're going to find out what you mean to people. You're going to find out the people that are really with you or the people that are around you because you have something to offer them. Huh? When I was in the corporate world, you know, I, I thought I had all these friends until I was unceremoniously, you know, thrown out, if you will. And, and then I found out the people that I thought were my friends were nowhere to be found. Because you're not national vice president, you can't do them favors, you can't get them perks, you can't do certain things. And then all of a sudden they... You know, they drift away and then they, they say things like that. Well, you know, make sure that, you know, make sure that you come back. They don't want you to come back. Those relationships are, are surface. They're, they're, they're based on the moment. And so please understand, you have to understand what relationships mean in your life. Because if you don't put the right relationships in the right places, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have, you're going to get hurt because you're going to have expectations of people that you think, oh, these are my friends. These are, these are covenant people. These are loyal people. But in reality, when, when things get tough, they're gone. I had somebody recently say to me, in a, you know, in a very tough situation in my life, you know, somebody had said, well, we don't want to take sides. Somebody very close to me, I thought, take sides. When, 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 when did we leave covenant? When did we leave loyalty and say something like, we're not going to take sides? You see, I, listen, you'll, you'll never find that for me because I am fiercely loyal. What I'm, what I'm going to find is I'm going to find the truth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and if I know both parties, you know how I'm going to operate? Because the Lord says that he gives us a ministry of reconciliation. So I'm not necessarily there to take sides, but I am there to speak the truth. And then I am there to bring reconciliation. But I'm not going to depart from people simply because they're down and out or they're, or they're not, you know, they're, they're not where they used to be or they're not making the same amount of money they used to be or, or they're, they're not as famous as they were. Because my friends, watch this, loyalty is about people. 
It's not about their circumstance. It's not about their status. See, see, you can be faithful to ministry. You can be faithful to the crown, but in reality, still be disloyal in your heart. Listen, Judas did everything Jesus asked him to do. He was faithful, but in the end, he was disloyal. So number two, they have to be tested. Number three, Christian principles of loyalty must govern relationships. Let me read you a couple of scriptures out of the Old Testament that, that I didn't get to. I'm almost done. I'm almost there. Can I have eight minutes? I just need eight minutes. Somebody say yay. Who will give me eight minutes? Eight, 16, 32, four. I said to Pastor Carolyn, I'm coming home quickly, honey. She goes, no, you won't. I know you. And I said, no, I'm coming. She goes, no, you won't. And anyway, First Chronicles 28, 9. Listen, listen. Listen what, to, to, what, it, what it said to Solomon. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and, a, and with a willing mind. Serve God with a loyal heart and a willing mind. And then in 2 uh, Chronicles 16, 9, listen to what the, what the Lord says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God's looking all the time. He's looking, he's looking east to west. He's looking north to south. He said, I want to show myself strong. I, I want to display my power. I want to display my ability. And here's what he's looking for. He's like, whose heart is loyal to me? Whose heart is undivided? Who's not messing around in other arenas? Who's not, who's not messing around in other forms of worship and, and acting adulterous and everything else? Who is, who is loyal to me? And so let's go back to the first thing. The kingdom of God is governed by a culture of loyalty. My, my, my friends, watch this. Here, here's what I wrote. We ought to have such a, a normal culture of loyalty that when disloyalty comes, we ought to be able to say, hey, that's uncool. That's not acceptable. That, that's not the way we're, we're going to behave. This is not the way that, that we are going to act. We are, we are going to remain loyal. We are going to act as the Trinity. We're going to act as the, the culture of the kingdom. No matter where people are up, down, in between, it doesn't matter. Number two, the, the idea that, that, that we, are, we are testing relationships, that, that we are first, we must be loyal before we were even faithful. In the Old Testament, when King David was being chased around by King Saul, well, he wasn't, David wasn't king at the time, but Saul was jealous. That was his father-in-law, by the way, chasing him all over the place, wanting to kill him because of jealousy. The Bible says that people came to David in the wilderness, the, the people that were in debt, the people that were distraught, the, the people that were disoriented. In other words, the, nobody wanted these people, but they recognized something about David. And here's what they said. When they came to David, they said, he wasn't king yet. They said, David, son of Jesse, we are yours. In other words, they were saying, before we serve you, before we're faithful, before we do anything for you, we want, to, we want you to understand we are loyal to you. Because we recognize that God has anointed you, that God's hand is upon you. And, and church, I recognize, some of you are like, you know what, pastor, you know, some of these, some of these concepts have been abused over the, over the years and people have taken advantage. I agree. But just because people take advantage of the word of God doesn't change the word of God. It doesn't change the way God operates. They have to be tested. 
I wrote this thing down. Genuine loyalty can only be realized when there is an opportunity to be disloyal. I'll say it again. Genuine loyalty can only be realized when there is an opportunity for disloyalty. And watch this. When God's people are disloyal, usually they're going to wrap a religious bow around it. They're going to justify their disloyalty and usually blame God or make it very religious. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm preaching you stuff that's coming out, of my, that's coming out in, my, in my book. And, and here's how you know if you're a loyal person. If you have an opportunity to be disloyal, but you remain loyal. Sometimes we've had people that have had greater opportunities, maybe for job, success, promotion, even in ministry. And, and, and rather than follow the almighty dollar and rather than follow the fame, maybe people have said, I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to serve. I met this precious pastor on this week. One of our, one of our congregational members here said, pastor, I, I know of this pastor and you, you two are so much the same. Would you be willing to, you know, would you be willing to meet with this brother? And I said, absolutely. I drove out to where he was and uh, he, he, uh, you know, he began to tell me about his life story and, and his life story. He's telling me a story and, and I'm, I'm like listening to him because he's actually telling my story. I'm like, are you serious right now? He goes, he goes, this is my story. I go, that's my story. He said, you know, pastor, he goes, he's from Virginia. He goes, I would love nothing better. I would love nothing better to just be second in command somewhere. He goes, but God had, God had different ideas. God had different plans. He began to talk to me about his life and began to talk to me about opportunities that he had to be disloyal, but, but he had to remain loyal. And my friends, listen, it's not even a big, deep spiritual thing. Yesterday I was in a, I was in a store and I'm, I'm in that store. I'm, I'm waiting for the, uh, one of the ladies there to open one of the counters that was locked. And she's, she's, you know, dealing with a customer and uh, it was in the, it was in the watch area. And, and all of a sudden, you know, she's got a few watches in her hands and the customer's in front of her. I'm like 10 feet back. And then all of a sudden this man with a knapsack comes comes like to the side of her while the customer is facing another counter. She gives him a watch and out he walks. And I'm like, you thief. This is why I have to pay high prices because you're a thief. <laughs> and, I, and I thought to myself, not only are you a thief, you're so disloyal. I didn't know what to do. Do I confront her? Do I run after the knapsack guy? You know, I think to myself, tomorrow's Sunday. You don't want to get stabbed today. You, you, you know, but... All these ideas are going through your mind. And so I called the manager and I said, listen, you have a thief here. You're like, 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 like watch it. My friends, listen, can I help you? Stop bad mouthing your workplace. Stop bad mouthing your church, your family, your organization. Stop bad mouthing the, the things that you are, that you are a part of. Because if you're bad mouthing those things, you're bad mouthing yourself. You're actually displaying a spirit of disloyalty. Here's my last point and I'm done. I've got one minute because I don't want to hear it from Pastor Moses tomorrow and he will, he will give it to me tomorrow. Bless God. But um, a few years ago, I, we met a man, uh, Darius Daniels. I don't know if any of you follow him online. He's a great friend of Bishop when Bishop was alive. And uh, I want to bring this precious brother here. As a matter of fact, before COVID, I was, Corey, you'd love this guy. I was in, I was in like, we were basically had him and then COVID hit. Uh, he's a really hard guy to get a hold of, but Harvard graduate, the guy's just, a hey, Pastor Moses, this guy's phenomenal. Listen to what he said. Listen to what he said, and I'll close. He said, lack of loyalty is an expression of being a coward. 
because it takes courage to be loyal. Let me say it again. Lack of loyalty is an expression of being a coward because it takes courage to be loyal. And let, let me give you the, and, and Kimberly, come on up, dear. Come on up with the team. Uh, let me give you the, the biblical background of it. Remember the three servants where they were given a talent, five, two, and one by the Lord. The Lord gives this parable. And he says of the last servant who buried his talent, he said, you wicked, lazy servant. Do you know what really the Lord was saying? You're a coward. You know what he was really lacking? He wasn't lacking ability. He was lacking loyalty. And so my friends, listen, as God is challenging us, come on up team, come on up. As God is challenging us, how many understand relationships are hard? Yeah, no, they're easy for you. Are they easy for you? Come into my world. I'll show you how hard they are. Relationships are hard. They take skill. They take, they take spirituality. They, they take an understanding that we serve a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God who is loyal. And then he expects us to be the same. Amen.